Hello everyone and welcome to episode 97 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. It's our last show of the season and for this one we open the floodgates to you, our beloved listeners, to share your thoughts on the season just gone and your hopes for the future. Thank you to everyone who contributed, it's great to have a different range of voices on from all over the globe and we'd like this to continue into next season. I haven't got enough time to thank everyone who's helped us out at some point or another this season but suffice to say from my point of view doing this podcast has been one of the few major positives from a dismal Stoke campaign. We'll be back, bigger and better than ever, in the Championship, but seriously, a massive thanks for helping us keep our sanity over these past few months. It's time for us to rise again now, but make sure you enjoy your summer first. We'll be doing the odd bits here and there over May, June and July, including a 100th episode of this daft little podcast. So stick around for that, and stick around for the end of this episode as well because it took me way too long to put together. Thanks, everyone. Go on, Stoke. Hey, Wizards. It's Zach, the American. Um, End of the season. That happened. Uh, So before I recorded this, I went back and I listened to the little voice memo that I recorded on August 2nd, 2017, uh, for the preseason preview. And I was very worried at the time about our defense and our manager and uh, was worried that we were going to be in a relegation scrap. And here we are in May, having been relegated. So it is with a degree of smugness tempered with great depression that I say, I told you so, and I'm so sorry about it. Um... So we're going to be in the championship. Um, I've only known about Stoke, both the city and the club, since 2013. So I've never followed the club in the championship. It's going to be a lot tougher to follow uh, from across the world in this new league. I think I might be able to find a way to watch some games, but probably not the midweek games because of work and life and stuff. Um... So there's not really a huge difference in my experience as a supporter from far away, but, you know, very sad for the club, sad for all of my friends who live in Stoke, Um, very disappointing that we all saw this happening from so far away, from years ago. We've been talking about this since, like, October 2016, and it all worked out exactly how we said it would, which is the worst. Um, But... You know, we'll be here all summer, be here, whatever happens. You support Stoke, you support Stoke. And uh, I'm happy to get to keep complaining with you guys. Hi, I'm Sholto. I'm a big Stoke fan from Blackpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to start off by thanking the Wizards Dribble lads uh, for this season, which has probably felt more like a support group than anything else. But, um you know, it's been a disastrous season. It's from start to finish, really. It's been just dreadful. Uh, I think Hughes should have gone at the end of last year. I think a lot of fans have been have seen the way the club's heading for nearly two years now, and it's just it's not improving. But uh, we stuck with him. We sold Arnie, who then went and criticised our ambition, which he had a really, really good point. I think. And then we countered that with Hesse's announcement video, which was 
nice and you just knew when that video come out it was going to come back and bite us in the arse you know we come through the season and football just was just dreadful to watch and then losing to Coventry and Hugh should have gone before that and even the board have come out now and said that they agree he should have gone before then but uh, eventually sacked him and you know we were linked with was it going to be Flora, was it going to be Rower, you know young managers quite exciting nope uh, Paul Lambert we got Paul Lambert yeah so I thought it was I thought it was a, one of those fake accounts at first when it was announced winding us up but no it was Lambert so we got behind him he, he you know he seemed passionate said he knew what was wrong at the club said he thought he, you know said the right things looked the part first game won quite comfortably looked positive then after that it was just disastrous you know we just eat we had so many winnable games that he just didn't even look like we tried to win even towards the end the last few games we were just playing like a team that were like as if we were comfortably in mid-table so inevitably we were relegated and coach come out with a statement about you know he needs a big turnaround at the club and that also he's going to stay loyal to people so it sends messages really so I can't imagine Lambert, Scholes or Cartwright going at the end of this year I think we'll be stuck with them on a positive note, uh, next season, quite excited about the championship. Uh, being from Blackpool and being based in Blackpool, it's quite a few decent away games. You know, Preston, Blackburn, Wigan. So that should be good. And also, I think we've got quite a few good young players in the team. You know, Edwards and Goy, Verlinden, Campbell, that hopefully will get some more chance in the championship. So fingers crossed. We'll wait and see. Uh, Bring on next season. Go on, Stoke. This is Angela Smith, Chair of the Sporters Council and obviously been a Stoke fan all my life. Uh, what will I say about this season? Probably one of the worst seasons I could have imagined. Uh, possibly the worst season I ever, ever thought we would have in the Premier League. We can't say we didn't see it coming. Uh, we did see it coming and we've been sleepwalking into this relegation for a couple of years. Why the board and the people in charge didn't see it, I don't know whether it's loyalty or just blind faith, but we are where we are. So optimistically, I'm looking forward to keeping the core of the squad that's any good. I don't think Jack will stay. I think it would be better for Jack's career if he left because he hasn't had the best season for Stoke. Um, maybe there was too much pressure on him, self-imposed pressure. I think Joe Allen might stay if the project is uh, is looking good enough for him. But obviously, if somebody comes in with a great offer, um, he'll be gone. Shakiri will go, I think, and Dai will go. Uh, if Paul Lambert stays, I can't see Jeff Cameron staying because if you're not picked for eight successive matches, you're going to want to play football as his age. And we're going to have a bit of dead wood um, that needs trimming. Uh, whether anybody will take them or whether we just have to pay them up is neither here nor there. One thing I will say is that Kevin Wimmer has come in for a lot of criticism, partly because of his weight. Having seen him a couple of times the last couple of weeks, um, it looks like he's shed at least two stones, so be that what it may. And I wish him all the best. I think he's had a no chance at Stoke. So um, going forward, do I think we'll bounce straight back? Mm. Not unless we start to invest a lot of money, and we haven't done that in the past three or four transfer windows. And let's be honest, in this uh, game, it's the most competitive league in the world. If you don't 
at least try and improve every year, then you regress. And sadly, we've regressed so much in the uh, last few seasons. Is it all Mark useful? I don't know. One thing I do know is I have an irrational dislike of the man now. Uh, I'm sure he was delighted to keep Southampton up. But uh, the way he showed the emotion for them in the last few games seemed to outweigh anything he'd, he'd shown for us. Maybe he'd become stale with uh, with being with Stoke City, but uh, we can only get better, in my opinion. And with that famous last words, I wish everybody a great summer and uh, enjoy the rest of this podcast. Bye-bye. Hi, Wizards. It's Pete Smith from the Sentinel. Uh, well, it's been a, a season of many miserable moments. I mean, Man City were the, were the best team I've ever seen when they blitzed us at the Etihad. Well, that was still pretty rotten. Uh, the second half... Of the Tottenham match at Wembley was a horror show. The Coventry match, when we were playing without a left back and hoping they didn't notice, there was the West Ham game um, at home, uh, giving up the lead at Palace after Shakiri had worked so hard and scored a great solo goal. Well, you get the idea. Um, there's one particular day that that will haunt me. I think more than most for the for the longest time, and that was uh, at Chelsea in late December. Uh, I got wind of the team news from a Stoke fan who works on national radio um, probably just before two o'clock and he he looked like he wanted to cry and I felt the same to be honest. Um, It was embarrassing, uh, agonising to be sitting in that media room as some of the most famous football journalists in the country were guessing not just how that Stoke would lose, but guessing how many they would lose by, and they weren't just talking two or three. Um, I had to go go and sit on my own with my laptop and carry on work. And over the next hour, I was just bullying these lads who'd been thrown to the Lions, the likes of Tom Edwards and Josh Tymon, and even eighteen million pound Kevin Wimmer, to perform like animals against the odds, uh, and for heroes to emerge uh, and backs to the wall performance. Um, but instead we got such a pitiful surrender. Uh, it could have been one or two nil before Chelsea scored for, with a free header from a free kick in the third minute. It could have been about 10 by full time if, if Chelsea hadn't all but stopped playing. Uh, I didn't realise later on that evening that I was actually on the same train back as the squad. Uh, I, I was somewhere near the back working away. Uh, but as as we were pulling in towards Stoke, uh, a load of police uh, appeared from nowhere, marching through the carriages. And we stopped at the station and these 25, 30 athletes uh, were given an escort through the station by um, by the police, through what turned out to be about five utterly dejected, exhausted supporters, uh, old men carrying carrier bags. Uh, just Stoke fans on their way home, back to the cars... And I remember Charlie Adam surrounded by a couple of police who were protecting him from these blokes and just saying, what an effing shambles. And he was right. And it pretty much sums up the season. Marcus here, a.k.a. Stokey23. And where do you begin after that shower of a season? What's funny is in preparation for this, I listened to last year's end of season review podcast. And looking back now, it's amazing that Mark Hughes kept his job last summer. Everyone that spoke on last year's show was tired of Hughes, his freezing out of players, boring football, pathetic post-match excuses and woeful substitutions. So first and foremost, the board need to take a lot of blame uh, for the shambles of this season. 
for even allowing Hughes to continue. Tony Pulis will go down as a legend at the club, but the board were right to let him go when they did. The same can't be said in this situation. I, like many other supporters, was prepared to bite my tongue and see what the opening 10 games brought about. Well, you don't need to be an expert in spotting the red flags when you get knocked out of the cup to Bristol City, lose at home to Bournemouth and totally capitulate against Chelsea and Manchester City. But I think Mark Hughes had a canny ability of winning a game when he absolutely needed to, to save his bacon. We saw that on the final day of last season with a 1-0 win away at Southampton. And lo and behold, 10 games into this season, a 1-0 away win at Watford, taking us three points away from the bottom three. But let's talk about the four games that followed that. Leicester at home, 2-0 up, drew 2-2. Brighton away, took the lead twice, drew 2-2. A 2-1 loss away at Crystal Palace, who were then bottom of the league and then losing 3-0 at home to Liverpool. And then along came the high-pressure game against Swansea at home, 2-1 win. So Hughes keeps his head above water after that result, but what, what follows that? It's another 5-1 embarrassment against Spurs, a 1-0 defeat to Burnley with some questionable substitutions, and a 3-0 home defeat to West Ham. Make or break game against West Brom, and he wins 3-1. You know, my mate Joe said retrospectively, we probably should have kept hold of Hughes and... That would have amassed more points than Paul Lambert did come the end of the season. And it pains me to say he was probably right. Paul Lambert embarrassingly shares the same managerial record at Stoke as Chris Kamara. But despite that, I can't help feeling slightly sorry for Lambert for more failings at board level. I think any fan would be right to question Lambert's tactics and selections at times. But it'd be interesting to see what would have happened with another striker putting away one of many chances that Mamjouf had over the last three months of the season. The decision to not bring in a striker in January was criminal. And with each passing day, a new story emerges lying the blame at the feet of the board from former managers, former players, even current players suggesting the transfer dealings have been disastrous. And you can't disagree. As I record this prior to Swansea away fixture, there's continued talk of chanting Lambert out throughout the game. And despite me agreeing that Lambert has to go, I feel 90 minutes of what's all the fuss about would be a better choice of words. That way, should we keep Lambert, Coates would be more inclined to back his man and try not to compete next season on the cheap. But I'll finish very briefly with five things to look forward to next season. Number one, being quote-unquote one of the bigger teams in the league, certainly in respect to our recent history. Number two, conceding less goals. Uh, in, in the six games that we played Manchester City, Spurs and Chelsea home and away, it amounted to conceding 25 goals, which was more than four per game. Number three, uh, more goals, surely more goals. Number four, better away days, especially for me in Blackpool. I've got Wigan, Blackburn, Bolton, Preston, all within 30 minutes of me. But even for native Stoke fans, one of, or perhaps both, Derby and Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest, Birmingham, and even perhaps Shrewsbury. Number five, no more last on match of the day. Something 10 years ago we were really looking forward to, and just descended into a joke after biased highlights, lazy journalism and tired cliches. So something I thought I would never say, bring on Colin Murray. Finally, thanks again to all the Wizards of Drivel lads and another great season of podcasts. And all that remains for me to say is enjoy the World Cup, everyone. I bloody love football, don't I? A lot of friends who support all the clubs have asked me, John, what's happened to Stoke this season? Unfortunately, I've had to tell them, Absolutely nothing. We've not changed from last season, where we were very poor. We were fortunate last season that there were three sides worse than us. Last year we beat Hull home and away, Sunderland home and away, and took four points off Borough.
That's 16 points. Compare that with just six points from the teams that replaced him in the Premiership this year. One win against Huddersfield and three draws. There's a 10-point gap there that would leave us safe if we picked them up. I don't think we were better last year than this. There were teams that were worse than us. The signs were always there and the powers that be either failed to notice them or failed to act accordingly. You can say we've missed Arnautovic and we absolutely have. His goals would have been a big help this year and all too often in his absence, teams have been able to isolate Shakiri and shut down our one creative outlet. But I think the worst thing about this season was the largely positive opening four fixtures. I'd started this season seriously worried about our survival as I think many were. And to beat Arsenal, be the first team to score past Man United and pick up five points from our first four games seemed to convince everyone there was nothing to worry about. It convinced the board that Hughes was the man for the job and it, and it spread complacency throughout the club from top to bottom. Mark Hughes wasn't the man from the job. There was plenty to be worried about and now we're suffering for the complacency that these results afforded us. Hello guys, first of all I just wanted to say um, well done with the podcast all season. It's been a great lesson every week and uh, I look forward to next season. Um, in regards to Stoke, I just as first of all as I could say is I'm excited, as funny as it seems. Um I think the last two years in the Premier League have been really depressing. Uh, really not enjoyed it. Um for the long for the longest I can remember. It's been the least enjoyable experience of Stoke the last two seasons of and uh, it, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it, really? We all accepted that, so that's why it hasn't been really a bit, much of a surprise that we've been relegated. Um, and with that all said and done, with uh, last week's game, it was now confirmed. I'm, I'm just more excited than anything, which seems strange, because we've got a massive job ahead of us. But with the statement that Peter Coates has put out, um, I do firmly believe that he is actually going to pull his head out of his arse and stop being uh, complacent which has led us to where we are now and you know I'm not deluded to think that we haven't got a long road ahead of us but in actual fact you know I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to the the excitement of going for promotion and something different rather than just the humdrum oh yeah uh, we survived again this season that that you know that's that's always we really had to look forward to for the past God knows how many years, and I know that's easy to say now that we've gone down, but I really am. I'm really excited to have something different to look forward to. Um, and I know it's not going to be an easy task, and whether that's with the current manager that we've got now or or not, then, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to it. I think, uh, you know, we've got uh, lots to look forward to, uh, and I do think we need some positivity around the place now. And, and as always, we'll get behind the lads. And uh, yeah, that's all as, uh, my thoughts are. I think, uh, although it's daunting and um, we've got a hard job, uh, I, I'm excited for what the season's uh, got to bring. Cheers, lads, and I look forward to hearing you next season. Hi, Pod Guys, this is Rich here speaking before the Swansea game. Now, earlier this week, my main takeaway from the end of the season is I really wanted to know. When will someone come out and take proper responsibility for putting together the shambles that we've seen? We've seen the finger pointed at Mark Hughes, which is absolutely fair, but he's gone. We've seen veiled comments 
or not surveilled about the likes of Berahino and Hesse and Vimmer, but they've all been bombed out. Also completely fair. A lot of the culprits have gone. But we've also seen quite defiant claims that the process works. We've had Lambert coming out in interviews and making fairly positive noises, but being negative as hell on the pitch with one win in Christ knows however many. Um, but we all know as fans that the squad wasn't good enough to survive and we could see that long ago, so why not the board? And I was wondering when when would or why wouldn't Coates and Skulls come out and hold their hands up for this? Now, I'm not advocating the removal of the Coates family. I know some fans will be, but not I. But blaming Hughes and bad egg players alone and expecting supporters not to join the dots to the higher-ups is pretty insulting and, it, and it's not going to wash. Then we had the other day the statement from Peter and John Coates, which I'm sure you guys will cover in depth. And it's a start for sure, but definitely written in the right vein. But does it address everything and tell us that all the problems are going to be fixed? Probably not. I think their actions over the summer will speak volumes in that in that regard, I think fans will want to see a swift, decisive, lean, ambitious board with a plan. But as we all know, that's been all too lacking in the last couple of years. And that's why we are where we are. Thanks, guys. Hey up, lads. Now, you've asked for a sort of a view on how the season's going, a little report from people. And honestly, for, for ages, I couldn't think what to say at all. Besides the obvious, you know, what a pile of shite. But then he tipped me the other day. I was sat in a lecture in uni and all of a sudden I thought, hang on, Stoke City are relegated. We are properly going down into the championship. And my first thought, my first emotion was, I really don't care. And it took me ages to figure out why it was. And obviously, me being a Johnny-come-lately student liberal, it was obviously because I don't care about Stoke as much as proper fans. But besides that, it's the hope For the last two seasons, we've had absolutely none of it. It's been dreadful football, it's been awful results-wise, and we've been scraping through. You think about the best times in Stoke's recent history in the Prem, you think 15-16 with Bojan, Shaqiri, Arnie, Stoke alone and all that. It was the hope of what was to come. It was being five points off a Champions League place with like seven games to go and going, hang on, we're a good club here. We're not far away from pushing right up this table. It's been in Europa League under Pulis, going to Valencia, not caring really that we're losing and Kenwin Jones has just shouldered yet another six-yard chance wide. But the thought that if little old Stoke can get in the Europa League last 32, where the hell can we go next? That's the one thing I'm begging Mr Coates gives us next year. Just a little bit of hope for something to build towards. Because that's what football's about, really. It's the hope of what's to come of where your team can go. Fingers crossed we can get that from the Championship, where there aren't 12 teams at the bottom all struggling just to stay up. And who knows, maybe even a Stoke alone a Mark II. I know, Bracken Dream. It's been bad. It has been extremely bad. These last 12 months, last two years, we've all been there. We've all suffered. I mean, it's been... 
atrocious, but it's over now. We've 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 done it. We've got through the worst period of relegation, I think, in my true opinion. We've all probably had a bit of banter from friends who support other teams at the demise of our football club. It's been difficult at times. I've I've risen to their to their so-called banter. I've got annoyed, um, but I think it's going to get easier now. I think now that I've got over that first hump, it's going to get easier. Um, we've all sort of started looking at our team, who our team is going to be next season. Um, potentially Bojan coming home. There could be potentially other exciting signings. We actually might get a striker, which is something to look forward to, certainly. And, I mean, from someone who featured on the podcast quite regularly, um, I think you've got to think about how much better the podcast is going to be. We're actually going to have stuff to talk about. There might be highs, there might be lows. It's not just going to be lows week in, week out. I'm so excited to be a part of that, to listen to other people talking up Stoke. And I mean, who knows? We could get promoted straight back up. We could not, but who cares? The main thing is we can watch our football club and have a good time doing it. And hopefully, I mean, there's more games. So there's more games to go and see, which is another bonus. When you think about it, when you think about it like that, it's all positive. It's a great thing we're going to the championship. Let's smash it. Whatever happens, go on Stoke. Hello, Wizards of Drivel. This is uh, Alex, suffering Stoke fan. Um, I have been doing a lot of soul searching over the last few months, as I'm sure many of you have. Um, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that this actually may be not the worst thing. Um, I think I'm 25. And I think for a generation of fans, we've only really seen the good times or times where the team has been improving year on year and and doing better things. I'm thinking back to promotion from then Division 1 into the Championship and the the years there we consistently improved, got into the Premiership and they always seemed to be like we were were improving. Um, Whereas the last couple of years, I think all the fun has just gone out of supporting Stoke. the club certainly could have dealt with Mark Hughes earlier, but I think the key issue we've had was just with the signings not working, and I wonder if that's something to Mark Cartwright. Um, it still staggers me that we couldn't find a way to make um, a place for Bojan in the team. I thought he was just the best player I've seen play in a Stoke shirt, and at whatever cost, I think you have to try and find a way to make that work. And I don't think we did. Obviously done all the off-field issues, so um, that that may be a bit harsh. But I think we've got good players and a lot of them have, have not played well enough. I think you know, Joe Allen hasn't played well enough. Butland has had a, a poor season by his standards. And, and those are the kind of players that you need to be stepping up and doing well. And we just haven't had that. Um, I think I'm cautiously optimistic for next season. We're going into this league as a big club compared to when we came into it, a much bigger club, I feel, um, and we'll be a tough team to beat, I hope. Um, whether we keep Lambert or, or go for someone else, I think we'll be a lot more competitive, we'll be winning more games, and there's certainly positivity and a chance that we will be able to come back, if not straight away, then within the next few seasons. Hello everyone, Dutch Potter here. Last week, Stoklas 2-1, to Crystal Palace and we were the first team to get relegated. I've been quite optimistic throughout the whole season but after the draw against West Ham I realised that we were probably not going to make it. Right now I'm hoping that our called up players can make a good impression at the World Cup in Russia. What I would like to see in this transfer window is that we basically do the same thing as Aston Villa did two seasons ago. 
They were relegated very early in the season with like three games to go, but spent quite a lot of money in the next transfer window. After the relegation, things looked very bad for them, but look where they are now. If Stoke managed to pull in some good players this summer, I think we can easily go for a playoff spot next season. But if we don't get that complete overall that the owners pr have promised, then things could get very rough for us next season. That's it for me. Thank you for giving me the chance to be on the podcast. The podcast this season were great and I can't wait for you guys to be back in the next season. Enjoy the summer. Hi Wizards. Hi from a not so sunny but very dusty Doha in Qatar where it's a sultry 41 degrees. A quick ramble from the desert then. Firstly, like you all, I was gutted that our escape plan from Tunnel Tom didn't work, but that's life. And as nobody was hurt or killed in the process, it's time to shrug our shoulders and move on to pastures new. But not before addressing the real issue at the heart of our relegation. A completely appalling set of transfer windows over the past few years. It's been said by you many times, there have been many mistakes, but... For example, the mistake of selling Arnie and being able to, able to only replace him with a free and replacing one ageing midfielder with another ageing midfielder on a free has to point to part of the club that is simply not working. As we said, all of us said last year, the club hierarchy simply didn't listen to the support base. So here's my contribution to the summer review of club activities. Could I suggest respectfully, to the board that they consider the addition of a supporter-focused non-executive director. No pay, bar allowances involved, but someone who is able to openly voice the common man's view to the board without fear of losing their job. If the board meetings of the last two years had consistently heard the popular view that we were on our way out of the league, unless things such as players being played and players being played in the correct positions, and loanees being bought back to bolster a losing squad around a new manager and the like, then, just maybe, things might have been different. We never know. So why not give it a try? Instead, we waited until the ignominious defeat to Coventry to change the manager. Never played some of our best players in their best position, and left half the squad, as Jack suggested, spread across Europe bonkers. Looking ahead, I sense next year will be better. I can't see Bet365 accepting very long in the championship. It won't do the company's brand image much good. So while I won't see much of the 2018-19 season out here, with all my heart, I hope we can escape at the first attempt, this time via Tunnel Dick. Whatever. I'd like to thank you on behalf of the many expat exiles around the planet for your efforts week in, week out. It's always a bit of a giggle for me to be listening to a rant on the pod while waiting for a camel to get off the road. So thanks. Let's hope we don't have to worry about Tunnel Harry. And as you say, come on, Stoke. Hello, gang. Uh, Chris here from the Wizards of Drivel. It's finally here then, uh, the end of the season. And to be honest, it's, it's felt um, a long time coming. A lot's been said over the last few months and a lot of emotions spilt and a lot of hope lost. And to be honest, it's been quite exhausting. But it's with hope and with a sense of renewal, I suppose, that only footballing trauma of relegation can provide that I approach this review or 
rather, I guess, a preview. We've all pointed the finger of blame for our current situation at a multitude of characters this season. And amongst it all, there's probably some truth in it. I think in retrospect, whilst Mark Hughes does take the blame for a lot, this is probably mainly down to his character in the aftermath, his his utter reluctance to admit his fault and his arrogance now he's elsewhere. The truth of the matter is that there are plenty of others who are accountable for this terrible season and they've all, in their own individual ways, led to our relegation. This is why the utter unknown of next season gives me a cause for hope. I don't have any scientific reasoning for this, but for all I know, our board could keep hope in in Paul Lambert and we could fail to rebuild the team and we could be sitting in the lower half of one of the hardest divisions by Christmas. But alternatively, I mean, Paul Lambert may do a good job, you you never know. But with all the noise that's coming out of the club, the statements from Shawcross, the language in the statements from the Coates family, it, it seems to be one of reflection and planning. Pieces are in motion and they really, really do need to be. And it's this that has given me a, a cause for hope. Whatever you may think of our board, um, from a cynical marketing point of view, Bet365, the brand, needs to be in the top flight of football. And as the home club of brand Bet365, surely Coates and company want to make a good effort at doing that. It's an opportunity for Stoke to regenerate, much like Peter Capaldi turning into Jodie Whittaker. It's time for something new. Time for Stoke to bring in hungry players and to try and build an identity again, whatever that identity will be. I don't think a return to Pulis Ball uh, is a particularly Stoke way of playing, but I do think when people refer to us losing our way, they speak more of a loss of a connection between players and fans and a loss of maybe an aggressive attitude towards games that made us all feel proud and as part of one collective. I wouldn't mind seeing a return of pride to the club. It's a big few weeks ahead. Whether Lambert stays or goes is probably the biggest thing. But getting players in before a World Cup and moving those players who want to go on for a bigger fee, these are priorities. And it needs to happen quickly. I just really hope that come the start of next season, we're all feeling that little bit renewed. See you in the Championship. The roof comes off. Tony Pulis has guided Stoke City back to the top line of English football. Made through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller scoring Stoke. Here's Crouch into the penalty. It drives an acrobat. Oh my God! You will not see a better goal. It's amazing from Peter Crouch. We were 3-0 down to a pub side. 3-0 down. We played it. I'm Danny Higginbotham and you're listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Brilliant. What I love about football is just the, the random hugs that happen after goals with strangers in the crowd. 
talk of the Tony Pierce John and then that, I'm going to be crying in the street in a second. And if all those areas were not covered, Pulis would go absolutely ape in the dressing room at us. It's a big moment in his career. It's a, a big moment in his life, probably. I can't help but feel entirely responsible. <laughs> of Drivel Podcast, a place for Stoke City. Now this is Trump's podcast. <laughs>